Business Women Rock, episode 45. Ladies, it's time to rock. Welcome to the Business Women Rock podcast, where we get down and dirty with the world's most incredible business women. Inspire your journey by listening to theirs. And now, here's your host, Katie Kremitzos. What's up, ladies? Welcome to the Business Women Rock podcast. I'm so excited and absolutely honored that you are here listening. Bizwomenrock.com forward slash 45. That is where you're going to get all the show notes for today's conversation. So let's go ahead and get into it. My guest today is Melina Boswell, who's the owner of the New Wealth Advisors Club. They are a real estate investment club that's based out in California. And Melina has such an incredible history as a real estate investor, and she and her husband now created this club to be able to support and give a community to the real estate investors community out there. They are doing awesome things. So she and I are really talking about not only her knowledge and her experience as a real estate investor, but also her knowledge and her experience as someone who is building out a community and running a membership organization. Both her real estate investment company and her membership organization thrived during the 2008-2009 dip in the real estate market, and you're going to know exactly why once you listen to Melina. So turn up the volume. The interview starts now. Melina, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. I am so thrilled to be able to talk to you today and get to know a little bit more about you and your business story because as of right now, you are the very first kind of full service real estate investor that we're having on this show. And I really don't think I've ever really talked about this, but I have been in the real estate investing space before. I have owned real estate property and I just, I love it as a business and it's so fascinating to me. And I've definitely spent a lot of time there amongst those groups of people of, you know, fellow investors. So I am just a fan of yours already. And so I really want to have a great conversation about your business history. So let's start off with the fact that, you know, you are a very accomplished real estate investor as so many people who are interested in real estate as an investment tool are probably wondering that first deal is always the toughest one to do. So can you walk us through and sort of paint the picture of what life looked like for you before you were really going strong with your real estate investment business and what happened during, you know, like what was that first real estate deal really like? Absolutely. Thank you. That's kind of cool. I'm the first real estate investor and I'm a woman. Yay. Yay. That is totally awesome. (laughs) My background actually for, I don't know, 17 or 18 years is I was a paralegal by trade. And so working in law firms, you know, I found myself accidentally in the space of bankruptcies. And I started working for this huge bankruptcy attorney And um, we were doing like big chapter 11 bankruptcies and, you know, big businesses. And it was interesting that every single bankruptcy that I worked on that actually had money, you know, contrary to what a lot of people think, in order to be like in a chapter 11, you have to have a lot of assets and a way for a company to reorganize. But so these were very, very successful businesses that I was working with. And I would say 99% of them were involved in real estate. So I all of a sudden became, you know, very knowledgeable about real estate from a unique perspective uh, in that I was helping them reorganize. So 
I decided at some point, I don't really remember how, <laughs> that I wanted to get into real estate. I was actually working in the mortgage business, uh, and I had a friend that kind of recruited me that said, because really my plan was I'm going to go to law school, I'm going to become a real estate attorney, and a friend of mine pulled me over, and he was actually an attorney, and he said, no, you don't want to do that. You don't want to be an attorney. What you <laughs> want to do is you want to get into real estate, and here's what I'm doing, and so he shared. He was a broker and also an attorney, and so he shared some things with me, and so all of a sudden, I found myself in the mortgage business. And did very, very well in the mortgage business. And so that kind of got me started in, I guess, retail real estate. Around 2007, I guess, the market obviously was going crazy. But probably by 2006, I became really, really disgruntled and, and unhappy with the market. I thought that it was going crazy. I knew it was, you know, we had this huge bubble. I saw properties that were being sold for, like, ridiculous amounts of money. And so I said, I don't feel good about this anymore. I don't like that I am assisting people with mortgages that I don't think are really helpful to them. And so that was very, very discouraging to me. So I kind of just told my husband, yeah, you know, like morally, ethically, I don't feel good about this anymore, so I need to quit. And my husband was like, uh, quit? I go, yeah, I, I, can't, I can't do this anymore. So I got to figure out a way to become a problem solver like, I'm a firm believer that what I get paid for, I need to bring value to something in order to get paid. So if I don't feel like I'm bringing value to somebody, I don't want to do it. So I said, I can see that there's going to be people that need assistance, and they're going to go into foreclosures, and I feel like there's an opportunity there to both solve problems and also to, you know, maybe create a living. So that sort of started me on my journey of real estate investing. So then I started down this funny route of how do I become a real estate investor? And so I bought all kinds of courses and I went to all kinds of seminars and I flew all over the country and I paid coaches and I did all this stuff. And then finally I came to the realization that I just need to put all this knowledge I have into practice. So my very first real estate transaction ironically was a referral from somebody and it was a property that was going into foreclosure. And I, I had the idea like, oh, hey, here it is. Here's the problem. Now I got to be the solution. And so I started really looking for the solution. It really allowed my husband and I to come in, purchase the property, save it from foreclosure, fix it up, turned around and we sold it and we split the proceeds with the owners of the property. And it was like such an awesome experience because I had these owners of this property and actually they had inherited it. So they were thrilled because they ended up not losing their inheritance. They had no way otherwise to stop the foreclosure and, and really keep the inheritance that their parents had left for them. So it gave us an opportunity to step in, solve the problem and create a real win-win situation. And I think from that point, and then we made like 50 grand. So wow. from that point on, yeah, it was like, I like this. This is awesome. <laughs> so I really got hooked. And from that point, I just decided that's what I was going to do. That was what I was focusing on. And that's what I wanted to do. I love the fact that you took so much time to really get educated and go out there. And it, it, I mean, it's kind of like this huge norm of the real estate investing industry really is like, okay, go to these seminars, go get educated, go buy the program, go get the coach, all that sort of stuff. Because I think real estate is very intimidating because it's not just 
it quote unquote as easy as okay the realtor is selling this house i'm gonna go buy this house because what investors do that i think is pretty unique is they're they're really you guys are looking at real estate as what creative way can we can we utilize to be able to have this property and to be able to do something really great with it so you know it's not your normal like a to b to c transaction that's so easy but you're talking about this foreclosure property and getting involved in that and how you really were able to help everyone out so i just think it was very interesting that you spent so much time doing the education and really making sure that you knew all of the details of what you were doing Exactly. It's funny because I was probably lucky in that I knew enough to know that I didn't know enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yep. I knew that, and I think that's a mistake. A lot of, of you know people who want to get in real estate investing, that's what happens a lot. And especially you know now they see the TV shows where they have all these cool flip shows, and you just see the ugly house, and then you see a little bit of drama, and then you see this beautiful house. And not understanding all of the ins and outs that go in between that, because there's obviously no way a TV show could do it in 30 minutes. But that, I think, inspires a lot of people. They want to do that. They don't understand that there's a lot involved in it. You are exactly right. But I knew that going in because of just my experience in the law field and also in mortgages. I knew that I that there was way, there was a lot of stuff out there I just didn't know. So I wasn't going to make the mistake and go in uneducated. And I didn't want to go to the school of hard knocks. <laughs> right, right. So what ended up happening after that? You did your very first deal and you decided this is it. This is awesome. Totally got a high from it. What did you build out from there? And what was your strategy for building your portfolio? Well, from that point on, it was kind of like, okay, so we need to go do that again. What I learned very quickly was that trying to do this type of business alone is nearly impossible. Like it was really, it's nearly impossible because just putting that one transaction together, I had to rely on several people to help me facilitate it because there was so much I didn't know. And it was, it was awesome that I said, okay, I I knew I had a problem and I knew that there was a way to solve it, but I honestly didn't know exactly how I was going to solve it. You know, I knew that there was a way. So I had to rely on a whole bunch of other people, which was really kind of my team. And so from that, this was also in 2008, and that's when the market was just starting to really crash and everybody was kind of freaking out. So I had a lot of friends, a lot of people that I knew that were saying, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And my husband and I just happen to be people that just naturally lead, I guess. We just, we see, well, we, we just don't stop. We just go, 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 go. We don't really wait for whatever everybody else is doing. And so a lot of people are coming to us and saying, what are we going to do? Mm. <laughs> so when we closed this first deal, it was kind of like, okay, you can do this too. What I learned from getting a lot of education was that the thing that was missing was the team around you. And a lot of the trainers would say, hey, you've got to build your team, which is completely true. But if you don't have a lot of resources around you, you don't know how to go build your team. Because, and actually, if you don't have a deal, nobody wants to be on your team anyway. So it's sort of this catch-22 where you're like, I have all this information and I have all this drive, but I got to go find my team and nobody wants to be on my team because I don't have a deal and I don't really know what I'm doing. Hmm. So we just sort of decided, well, we'll just be people's team. We'll introduce our team to these people and, you know, help them to get started. Like, hey, you can use my team. It's fine. Let's go. 
And so then all of a sudden, we had a few of us working together, a lot of different people that we'd met at different education places. We'd met them at, you know, different RIA clubs and different things like that, where everybody was kind of like, hey, they're actually doing it. So they just kind of naturally came around with us. And then all of a sudden, my husband and I had an office. And then all of a sudden, we had all these people like hanging out at our office, showing up and and. And that really inspired us that there needs to be a place for people like this. I always, I, I like to say, like, kind of like the, the misfits or the orphans can go. <laughs> they need a place to go where someone's going to take them in and, and show them what to do. Can you specify a little bit more about what you mean when you talk about a real estate team? Like, who, what specialties are involved in that team and why do you need them? Yeah, so... I think this, I think the most important part of a good team is coaches, somebody with with experience. You have your staple, you have your, your title and your escrow and your money and your transaction coordinators. Those are all people that are important parts of your team. But I believe the most important member of your team is really like your coach, somebody who has experience in a variety of deals. Somebody who you can get a second set of eyes on a deal, who has more experience in real estate, who understands the ins and outs of the transaction. So if they look at it and go, yeah, this is a good deal, and I think this is how you have to approach it, then they can say, and here's who you need to call to help you facilitate that. And they have resources. So sometimes it's an attorney. Sometimes it's a realtor. Sometimes it's just a a money lender. There's different people like that. But I think the number one thing is a coach. I like that. I like that a lot. And I think, once again, especially in real estate, when there's so many little details to pay attention to Mm -hmm. and so many different ways to be able to structure a deal and look at a deal Mm -hmm. and make a deal successful, having someone who's been there and done it before is absolutely vital. That's so true. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. So you you have the idea that something is possible, but then really putting it into, putting the details into action is just a whole different level of, of getting something done. And you really do need experienced people around you to do that. You guys were actively investing. Even in the midst of 2008, you guys were still actively investing and doing it very successfully and then kind of turning around and answering the questions that people were coming uh, coming to you with, which was, how, how are you guys doing this? How are you guys doing this? And then you would sit around and I'll, I'll start talking about that. I guess, what exactly were you doing in 2008 that could still be so successful when most everyone listening to this is probably going to be thinking, oh, that was a horrible time for real estate, but... Anyone who understands, you know, shifts of wealth understand that that even in a huge down market, there are definitely areas that make some really, really great positive financial strides. And it's because you can capitalize on a specific arena of the market. So what were you guys doing in that space? Like, tell me specifically what what angle of real estate real estate were you focusing in on and what were you doing? Well, <laughs> it's funny because you're exactly right. And the way, like, my husband would say, well, here's what I think. Like, it's all on sale. Like, real estate is on sale. <laughs> like, don't you just want to go shopping? You love sales. What are we doing? So, <laughs> I love it. Yep. <laughs> That's pretty much how we saw it. And so when we started viewing real estate from that perspective, like, literally, I, I, I believe this, like with every fiber of my being, I know it's an absolute truth. And that is that perspective is everything. It is how you view what is going on. 
And so as soon as we have the shift from, hey, everything is horrible, everybody's going down, this is wrong, that's bad, everybody's freaked out, to, oh my gosh, this is like the biggest sale that we could ever get our hands on. Let's grab as much as we can. Once we made that shift in our perspective um, of thinking, tons of opportunities opened up. So somebody might say, oh, well, so you just capitalized on the foreclosure market and people's tragedies and the things that people were having a hard time with, you capitalized on it. And I definitely choose to not see it that way because those things were going to happen anyway. The foreclosures were happening. The market was down. People were losing their jobs. The market was just down. So the only thing that I could do was try to make lemonade out of it. It's really what it came down to. So once our perspective changed, and then we have a very very strong moral compass. And so we, and that, and our, our model always says we never, ever, ever put a deal or a dollar before a person. So we would never like, you know, look at a situation and go, Oh, we know that they're going to lose their house. Let's, you know, let's go in and, you know, sneak it out or whatever. That's never been our, our, our program. Our program has always been, Hey, they're getting ready to lose something of value. What can we do to stop that from happening, to save them as much as we possibly can? I mean, sometimes that just might simply be um, their credit. It may not necessarily be that they have equity in a property, but we really just started focusing on distressed properties with the idea in mind that we're going to go try to serve a person first, see what their situation is, what is their problem, if we can help them solve it, that's what we're going to stay focused on. Then if there is a way for us to make some money afterward, then awesome, right? But that was, that's never been our focus. So when you say, what was your focus? That is literally what our focus was. And that's, that's how we stayed. And we stayed true to it. And I'll tell you, we have helped out a lot of homeowners <laughs> and not made a dime. And to this day, I still run my business that way. So I am certain that I pass up a lot of money along the way, but I've built a business in, I think, one of the worst, well, I know, the worst economy that we've ever seen. And I believe it's based on that model. So when I, I just saw it as an opportunity, not really what I had in mind as a real estate investor, but that's honestly what it is right now in our market today. It's about people that are in distress, helping them get out of distress. Sometimes that just means saving their credit for them, saving them from a foreclosure. It could be helping them holding on to some equity that they may have, which is becoming, I think, more relevant in today's market than it was in 2008. But that's literally what we were doing, going after distressed property, serving a homeowner first, and then waiting for the deal to show up and just believing that now the deal is going to show up with the money in it. And when it does, it'll it'll happen and it'll be great. Hmm. I love that. And what a great way to be able to approach the business. And you're absolutely right. It's all it's all about the perspective that you look at it. And that perspective you took to the New Wealth Advisors Club, which is the community that you have built out because of all of those questions and all of the people who kept coming to you saying, hey, we, how are you doing this? We want to be able to do it too. And so you really were able to actually create an entire organization and association out of it. So talk to us a little bit about the beginning steps of that. How did the Wealth Advisors Club actually really start and how did you solidify as an association? Well, it started like, exactly like you said, as a result of a need that we had, um, a need for ourselves and also um, a need of a lot of people that we cared about. And so my husband and I just said it really evolved. <laughs> it really evolved. It's still evolving all the time. It started with the idea that 
no one gets left behind. We would be out at different events and we'd see people, same people, kind of struggling along trying to do this business alone, which just resonated for us that just spoke spoke to who we are, my husband and I are as people, which is like it's always the misfits. It's always the, the kind of the people who have been left out are the ones that we're always drawn to. So we just wanted to create a space for them to have a chance, to have a shot at getting something done. So kind of started with, hey, there's, I don't know, 20 of us, and we're going to put this club together, and we're going to just work together. And what we're going to do is we're going to create, we're going to invite other people to come in and join us, understanding that it's nearly impossible to do it alone. It just sort of happened that way. And then what I started realizing is that people weren't being trained. Training was becoming a real vital issue. And the reason for that was because the market was so volatile and so ever-changing that some of the things that I had learned, say, in 2007, by 2009, were no longer relevant. Not at all. And by 2010, it was a completely different thing. And so we just really realized that training was a really key part. So what would happen is I would find myself training all the time. So the club sort of evolved from that. There's a need to train people. And then there's a need for people to have someone to work with once they actually put that training into play. When they put it into action, they go out, they find something. Now they need a place to bring it back. And how do I get this deal closed? And so that's really the premise on what our club is built on. It's built on the idea of community, training, and then partnering on deals together. And so that's what we have created over the last few years. We really came into, I think we became officially a club in 2011, January of 2011. And that's when we really became a little bit clear that training was a necessity, coaching is a necessity, and then people to partner with and work with is the final necessity. And that's really what makes the whole thing work and create true real estate investors. In other words, people that are actually out there doing real estate deals and having success at it. Can you walk us through your actual business model for the club? And are you charging memberships? Are people paying for training? Are they paying for coaching? Like, what is your actual business model? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, our actual business model is this is yes, there is there's a, um, a club membership fee. It is $1,000 a year. And that $1,000, it covers a three day training which is, it's like eight hours a day, three days. Um, So it's about 24 hours. And that's really sort of the introduction that people come um, to get to know us. So we do three solid days of training. And during that training, it's, it's a fascinating weekend because it is put on by um, successful real estate investors who have already gone through the training. So it's run by completely a volunteer army. Wow. So we put on a three-day event. Yeah, it's really, it's really, really powerful because I'm, I'm such a, a big, big advocate and I know and I believe that the way to really succeed is to, to give first. So I believe in servant leadership and leaders serve first. And so, you know, one of the things I ask people like the first day they walk into my office is, hey, you want to become a real estate investor and you want to make this money? Are you willing to help somebody or serve somebody first and then get paid later? And if you're not, then you should probably just turn around and walk out the door because you'd never fit in here. Hmm. And so <laughs> I kind of keep it really real that way. So 
So the event is put on by volunteer people and, and that are all that have already gone through the process that the new hopeful real estate investor is going through right now. So there's, it's very comforting for people. And then also through that time, relationships begin to develop. So senior investors build relationships with new investors. And that is very, very powerful too. That helps, that does serve the senior investor in terms of building their own. You want to work with people that you like, people that you get along with. So they come to the three-day event. From there on out, we have monthly meetings. And our monthly meetings, we do trainings. We have an entire submission program where if somebody comes out, like let's say after that three-day event, and they, we teach them in that three days how to go find deals. So if they end up with a deal after that three-day event, they have an opportunity or a system that we've created to submit that deal to a whole bunch of different real estate investors who will take a look at it. And if they like it, they will partner with that new investor on it. They'll coach them through it and partner with them on it. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, it's really, really cool. So that's really what the what the model consists of. So it's it's a thousand dollars a year, and we let people basically pay it. They have to pay six hundred of it upfront, and then they get to make payments on the balance of it if they choose to. So what I'm hearing so, is that you're really through the kind of structure of offering all this education, what you're really doing is you're building a community. You're building kind of a whole group of people who can rely on each other and help each other and go when you don't know exactly what you need to do, but you can find the people who do know. So you're building that whole culture of, of folks who really truly just want to be, succeed in their investing business. Exactly. That's exactly it. That is exactly it. So what is the culture of your community and and why is that important to you to actually have a specific culture to your community? Because you can throw people in a room at a training and call it a day, but there's something different that you're doing. There's something very different in creating a community and, and establishing a culture that really lives amongst the community. So can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. So the culture is really, really important. It's kind of everything. And in fact, I kind of joke around with people and I tell them, you know, listen, your real estate investing, you know, you can get the information, right? You can get it from books and you can get it from, you know, all kinds of different places. But I believe the difference is the culture. And the culture is that, like I said, we, we serve, you know, a homeowner first. We serve each other first. When we were kind of creating the club, we sat down, my husband and I took about 10 of our like closest friends and we said, hey, let's all go to dinner and everybody bring a notepad and because we really feel like we need to have a mission statement. Like, what is the mission of the club? Because <laughs> we weren't exactly clear what we were building. We just knew that it was kind of like this idea, build it and they will come. And so we took everybody to dinner and said, let's just brainstorm. Like, what are we doing here? So we were getting, you know, a lot of different things. I want to have passive income. I want to retire with apartments. I want to blah, blah, blah. So as we were going through this, I was like, okay, well, so-and-so, Joe, not that there's a Joe, but you've been coming around and hanging out with us for the last two years, and you don't have any apartments yet. So what is it that you're really up to? Like, what is it that you're really about? Why are you really here? Why do you really keep on coming back? 
And that conversation sort of continued to go. And as we peeled back the layers of the onion, we realized that what we're really about, it's definitely about real estate, but ultimately real estate is just the vehicle chosen to utilize with this group of people. And our mission statement came out to be something completely different, having nothing to do with real estate. What is your mission? It says the New Wealth Advisors Club is a group of people committed to empower and encourage all people to realize their core purpose in life. And with that realization, we believe that everyone can live an inspired life full of enthusiasm as they in turn inspire others. Wow. That's deep. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> kind of deep. It's, I know a lot of people think it's a cult. <laughs> no, but I think that that's so special because you're talking about the you're talking about the culture of how people are really interacting and really plugging into a community. My question to you on that is, how do you enforce that? Like, how do you actually live that culture out? That's a great question. So one of the things that my husband and I do, well, first of all, we've created a culture of peer of peer a peer culture, right? So everybody, everybody kind of agrees when they come in, that's the situation. My husband and I are very, very big on setting expectations. So, and that's really how we run our life. It's how we run our marriage. It's how we, you know, raise our children is I think that we've had this nugget of, of learning that most problems in relationships with people in business have to do with either unmet expectations or usually uncommunicated expectations. So we are very, very big on setting expectations from the moment somebody comes in the door. So every, like we don't, we don't do mass advertising, right? We don't like have billboards everywhere and things like that. In order for someone to be invited into the club, they have to have a conversation with a current member of the club. So, and that conversation has to be very much kind of like what I'm talking to you about. Here's kind of what we do. We do real estate, but we're about bigger stuff. So we really operate in serving somebody. Money comes later. You're not going to get rich overnight, by the way. This is a marathon, not a sprint. So we set the expectations up front. And, and when people come in the door, and even so that's the first conversation they have before they even come in. Then we have a, you know, like a two-hour overview where my husband goes through and explains, hey, here's what we do. Here's all the success that we've had. Here's what our business model is. If that works for you, then great. You can sign up. You can become a club member. We have an application process. <laughs> and, and then we literally consistently from the moment somebody contacts us, we explain to them what the expectation is. And then once they, once most people, somebody decides, yes, that's who I want to be, that's who I want to be with, well, they bought into the idea of that culture. So then we give people permission, hey, now this is your club, you've agreed, this is how you want to live your life and transact business. So if somebody isn't doing that, then we need to have a conversation with them. One of the things my husband and I make everybody agree is that, you know, you're going to be solution-oriented. So that just means communicating. Hey, I'm unhappy about this. Okay, how do we solve that problem? So we are very, very, um, I know we could grow a lot bigger, obviously, if we were able to, because we have a, a, a great model. We have a lot of success, but that's not really what we're looking for. So that's how we enforce it. <laughs> Talk to us about your real numbers for growth. You said you started with about 20 people a few years mm -hmm. ago when you first started. How many members do you guys have now? Mm -hmm. About just over 300, 
300 active members now, and we are increasing right now with the rate of about 30 people a month. Wow. And what so, kind of what kind of retention do you guys have? And because I know that there's a lot behind that. So what kind of retention do you guys have? Yeah. So I think and I think, yeah, um, in terms of retention of, of membership, we are we have a very high retention rate, believe it or not. People will remain members. I, I think we're like maybe around 10 percent or so is, is about our 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 attrition, if you will, about 10 percent. That's great. So we have we have a good retention. Yeah, yeah. So re- they're really coming in and they're they're sticking. They're really you know loving the community, being a part of the community, learning what they need to do, actively investing and hanging around to continue to build out relationships. Right. That's exactly right. And there's a lot of people that this is home for them. So there's plenty of people that say, "Oh, I don't even." Like, if it takes me a year to get my first deal under my belt, I'm completely okay. And it may take some people that long. Sometimes we have somebody who's been a stay-at-home mom for 25 years and now finds herself an empty nester, maybe even divorced, and trying to figure out how do I pick up and make a life for myself. Well, they have a lot more at stake than just figuring out how to make a buck. It's, It's a scary world out there for somebody like that. And we have a lot of people like that. So they need, they have to go through a whole new um, way of thinking, getting themselves back out into the market, understanding business, and they need to be around people who will encourage and inspire them and not take advantage of them. And so that's something that's been really, really awesome from my perspective on a very personal level, you know, where I've seen a lot of people have a lot of growth. What's, what have been one of the biggest challenges that you've had in growing this club? One of the biggest challenges, I think, is because we are so concerned about every person, and every person does matter. We, we don't have a herd mentality or a flock mentality. We really do care about the one, the one sheep, if you will. And so I would say the biggest challenge is maybe seeing potential or seeing what people have the opportunity to do and they don't see it in themselves. So I, I, honestly, that's probably the hardest part. Um, next to people kind of quitting on themselves, that is the, the worst part of it. So I'll see people; they're still like active members, if you will, but they, I can, you know, I know that they've kind of given up or they don't actually go out and and aren't really working their business. That's probably the the most difficult part of this entire business model for me because when I don't see somebody for a while and they show up. I want to know what's going on. I care about every single person that walks through the door. So when somebody walks through the door and they're downtrodden, I can tell the minute I see them. So I instantly, you know, can, okay, what's going on? And life gets in the way. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it can be very emotionally exhausting. Melina, I really want to bring this conversation to a close by asking you what you see in the future for your club. What do you see in the future for your business? And, you know, what are you excited about? What are you guys building? Well, I think the vision that that my husband and I have that we've always had is to be able to duplicate what we've created. So what I'm excited about right now is that we're finally really starting to see some leaders rise up. Specifically, we've been building in, in San Diego, in the area of San Diego. We've been going down there for a couple of years trying to build a community down there. So I think the thing that excites me the most is that I I see that there are leaders that are rising up down there that are ready to take on 
this task that we've taken on, which is building a community that cares about people, that teaches them and trains them to become successful real estate investors. So the idea for us would be that we could go create, my, I always say, you know, if I could go create real estate investor billionaires, that's what I want them to go do. I want them to just, you know, everybody to have great success. So I'm looking forward to that coming to fruition, and I see it on the horizon now, and I'm, I'm very, very excited by that. Melina, I really want to thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing your story and for just being so open about all of the things that you've been doing as an investor and all the things that you've been doing as community creators. I just think it's amazing. And really, thank you so much for for letting us sort of see under the hood and see how you're doing that. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you very much. It's been my absolute honor to be on here, Katie. One of the biggest takeaways that I got from Melina was how they established and even came up with what their mission it was going to be and what their culture was going to be and then how they really enforced that. And I love the fact that it's all about setting up the expectations, educating people kind of upfront, and then letting the community just continue to really monitor itself to make sure that that culture is alive and well. So I really appreciated that. I really want to thank you so much for listening. Remember to go to the BWR Connect private Facebook group and come be a part of those conversations. You can do that by going to bizwomenrock.com and put your email address in in the opt-in and you will get all of the directions on how to become part of the community. Thanks again for being here and for listening to these great stories. I hope you got something great out of it for yourself today. Have a great day and I'll see you on the next episode. Oh, 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 oh,